folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 207 of Channel Massive. Yay! I always Woo! have to say yay. <laughs> I'm Noah. I am Mark Excelsior. I'm and Eric. I, yes, our yeah, special I'm guest sorry. is Eric. I don't need to be introduced. I am me and I will say it. <laughs> right. Mark and Eric have fallen deep into the secret world, as was foreseen in the previous episode of Channel Massive. Well, actually, with Eric, we knew for months and months that he was going to play Secret World, but Mark, it only was discovered last week, would get into yeah. the Secret World. I wonder, discovered it. I wonder if Scott got into it, because I remember Scott was interested in the game as well, so there's a chance there may be more people yeah. to talk about this game. Military Scott is playing Mil- it. Yeah, Military Scott's in there. Wow, so lots of people have, ma- have made the journey, committed to one of the three factions, and that's going to be the focal point of our discussions in this episode of Channel Massive. Before we get to that, though, that epic roundtable that Eric has diligently planned for with a very detailed outline. <laughs> <laughs> we have a number of stories to get through in our intro get And we are going to get into what we're playing, some general geekery, and then at the very end, we'll get into Secret World Impressions. First up, Mark, always on the search for a good deal, has found an exquisite game collection. <laughs> yes. Yes, exquisite sums it up. For the low, low price of just $1.2 million, you, uh, and I'm sure most of us gamers have that kind of cash on hand, um, because we, <laughs> of course, manipulate the stock market with our mad game skills. But um, <laughs> Having having mastered the economy of WoW's auction house, it's you know trivial, right? But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Um, this game collection's up on eBay right now. It's currently at 1.2 million, and it is pretty massive. It starts out with 1,050 games, and these are games with boxes, cartridges, the whole thing. Nintendo Famicom. That's 1,050. Then. Uh, goes to Virtual Boy, Super Famicom, 64, DD64, GameCube, Sega, goes on and on and on. Dreamcast, I mean, it's it's pretty nuts. Pioneer Laser Active, whatever the hell that is. And, um, yeah, it's insane, the number of games. And a lot of them are imports, too, like Europe and Japan and stuff. And uh, I don't know, it almost rivals Noah's game collection, almost. <laughs> Comes close. <laughs> I do regret it. When I was younger, with my NES games, I got rid of the boxes, and I feel bad that I did that. I didn't oh, do yeah. it with the Super Nintendo going forward, but I, I got these cool little plastic cases that I could put my NES, NES cartridges in that were really reliable, and they weren't going to get torn up, and so I just used those. But, oh, how I wish I'd kept my boxes, because then I could be doing crazy stuff like this. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's like, you know, I, I used to have a lot of game box 
boxes that I kept. I never threw them out. And then I just realized how much space they were taking in my house, you know? And they weren't getting used either. And so, yeah, I eventually just had to let it go. But nothing I just, like uh, this. I just had a major adult moment just uh, probably about a week ago where I looked at all of the collector's edition boxes that I had, just the just the cardboard, and oh, I, yeah. I, I just freaked out. And Nikki was, like my wife, she was really scared for a second because I was literally just throwing stuff out just patiently. And then she was uh-huh. like, are, are you, what are you doing? Do you? What's wrong, Eric? What's wrong? And I just I just looked at all this cardboard and I was just done with all these boxes. I kept you know the the coat like the cases and and the you know art books and all that stuff. It's just I had all this cardboard for no reason. Yeah, it just gets crazy, you know. You're just like I'm surrounded by all this stuff and I don't know what I'm really ever going to do with it, you know. <laughs> it's it's neat to look at, especially those collector's edition boxes, like. Mm-hmm. My Age of Conan box. I was like, I had, I've, th- I've tried to throw it away three times now, and I just can't seem to do it. It gets closer and closer to the trash can. It's like it's in the <laughs> garage now, but it still hasn't exited the house. And you know, I, I have one of those for World, uh, Warcraft three. Or yeah, I have that mm-hmm. for Warcraft. I have I it for those. Diablo three. I just, you know, I have Age it. Age of Conan. Yep. You have a giant Age of Conan box. I think I have yeah. one for Warhammer. I have one for oh a few of them, you know. And it's just like God, why am I why am I doing this over and over? Well, mine yeah. was slowly mine was slowly turning into a wall of shame because it had Tabula Rasa, it had Hellgate London collector's editions, you know. It had Warhammer, which you know, hey, Warhammer was a good game, but like, how I'm ever going to go back to it, you know? So I just stare at the collector's edition and just regret and feel bad i'm like oh this is adding up to something terrible i got i can't look at can't yeah. look at it anymore no way yeah what am i doing well so maybe this is something similar uh with this person selling this game collection um i wish them all the luck that uh, that would be amazing if they were able to actually sell it for that much money um pretty darn cool and I bet no, there, uh, there are, are some here? hardcore collectors out there who are, they have, what, like 90% of the yeah. game libraries. And like, oh, there's just a couple games that I need to finish it, and it's there, they're in this collection. It's like some crazy <laughs> collector in, you know, like in Asia somewhere, like with the Toy Story 3 thing with Woody or Toy, Toy Story 2 or whatever. Yeah. It's like, all I need is the one more, and I'll be set. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, have you bid on this, Noah? I, I know you probably pretty tempted to round, round out your collection. <laughs> no, I, I think I've got more than enough to keep me busy. Mm. Yeah, might be some Professor Layton games in there somewhere. I don't know. I've got all the Professor Layton games. Oh, <laughs> are you sure you don't have? Aren't there some like European releases you don't have or something? I don't know. If there's anybody who does stuff like that, it's Terror. She does that with Final Fantasy games, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. Now, um, you guys are both Droid users, correct? Both have Android-based phones? Yep, I just muted mine. I just muted mine, so it didn't say hello to us. Oh, nice. (laughs) Thank thank you for that. Are either of you on Verizon? Yep. Yep. Are are you going to try out Game Tanium, which is the 
play on words of unobtainium, the, the rare and precious mineral that was the foundation for the plot of uh, Avatar. It sounds stupid. It's about yes. some perspective to listeners as to what it is. I need to know more about how the developers of those games are getting reimbursed. Like, how did that work out? I wish oh, yeah. it's one of those episodes where I wish Bob was on because as a Android developer, I'm sure he would have a lot to say about this. But yeah, I really appreciated uh, the. I think he's the one who sent in feedback about actually uh, the Amazon store, right? Like yeah, how, that is how, such a bad and that, deal. That changed. Like I was really all about it. I was like, oh wow, an alternative. I've got, I've got this. There are different apps popping up on this, and I completely yeah. dropped it because of that. And it's made me antsy with any of this kind of stuff because it's just like, how, wh- where do they get money? It's obviously, uh, it's obvious that. Um, some companies don't treat people as well as Valve ob- obviously does with Steam. You know, it seems yeah. like everybody is okay with those kind of like the summer sale that's going on right now. They're okay with you know lowering the price and they're they're getting everything's thought out with Am- right. Amazon. When I found that out, it's I'm just like when I look at this, no way. I'm just not even going to get into that drama because yeah, it's 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 too scary. What what Eric's referring to for those of you who don't listen to every single episode as as well as we would like. Um, <laughs> there, was a, there was a podcast we did where Bob was talking about the developers for Amazon apps. So, you know, obviously it'd be the same app that you would have in the, in the um, Droid, you know, the regular Google uh, game store or whatever. Um, but when it's for, when it's, when it's coming through their distribution channel, they can do some pretty evil things, like if the game has ever been sold at a lower price, that's as low as they can sell it at any time. So they can, they can, they also were doing crazy stuff like just temporary sales where they'd have the game, um, you know, go to a super low price for like, you know, five cents. Well, if you're the developer of the game and, and there's some lists of people who have been screwed over by this and you get paid for that, but it's requiring your own infrastructure to maintain it and like, you know, 200,000 people get it for some super low price and then, you're swamped. There's not much you can do because your whole um, model that you built your business on is pretty much destroyed. So this is an interesting one too. So it's a monthly fee of 5.99 per device, and you get access to 50 of of the quote unquote, um, or more than 100 of the quote unquote best Android smartphone games, and more than 50 tablet games. This I've is something got... that Verizon's offering. So I I don't I know this is just. This is subscription service stuff, and we've seen it, you know, on the PC for a very long time, and, and you know, wow, it's neat. Like, we, we get access to all these games, but I can't help but think it's almost like a step backwards because I remember the shittiest of shitty cell phone games, you know, and <laughs> then realizing you have to pay, like, what is it, monthly, like $2 to keep this game on your phone, you know? Yeah, and that, I, that first batch of Droid games was... Pretty uninspiring. I mean, even even before smartphones, I'm talking about just like my little little doodle phone, and I've got like uh, you know I, I think I had what was it King of Fighters. I was paying two ninety nine. Oh, yeah. I was paying like two ninety nine a month to keep this thing on my phone, and if you <laughs> cancel it, you know if you cancel it, you just don't get to play it anymore. So right. when I look at when I look at something like this, and it's attached to Verizon, which I don't trust any of those apps on my phone at all. Right. Like I, I I'm done. Just say goodbye. Fuck you. I'm done. Yeah. It's too bad. So, 
You guys are both um, Xbox 360 players, and no, maybe Noah not quite so much these days with his Sony PlayStation 3, but are you guys finding that the ads in, are uh, becoming unreasonable in the interface? Yeah, the redesign of the dashboard has been really frustrating. I was struggling just the other day trying to figure out where to go to change the background or the theme. Uh-huh of my Xbox dashboard, and I kept looking and looking, and I was going in circles, and eventually I had to do a search on the Internet, which I couldn't use the stupid Bing search engine that's built into the dashboard because all it was doing was searching my Xbox and actually searching Mm. the Internet, even though my Xbox is connected to the Internet. But I had to do an Internet search to figure out where they'd hidden that away because there are animated ads on pretty much every single primary screen of the dashboard, and it's really insulting and frustrating, especially... As a paid, as a paying Xbox Live Gold right. subscriber, yeah, wouldn't you think that would be toned down dramatically? It's kind of like yes. if you if you're a paid subscriber to Pandora or um, Spotify, there's no more ads at all. I yeah. mean, it's just they're just gone. It's the purpose of it, yeah. You know, and it, I mean, it's it's not like they're reduced; they're just plain gone. But you know, it's starting to become, you know, there's that wonderful movie, Idiocracy, by uh, Mike Judge, that has a scene where this guy's watching this giant TV, like, it'd be like a 75-inch TV or something, and the actual viewable area of it is maybe like a 5 by 3 inch window, because the entire rest of the TV is taken up by advertising and moving banners and stuff, kind of like CNBC has going on. Um, and that's kind of what it's kind of like. There's this tiny little window of actual relevant content on the screen, and the rest is just all this crap that you're being just bombarded with over and over again. That's what I did about my – even my new television does that now. So yeah. I love my new television. It's really great. Every time that I turn it on, an ad banner pops up on the bottom of the screen, no what, matter what. What is with that? I mean, that, that's, that, mm. should be, that should not be possible. You should be able to turn that off. Yeah, that, that's what I thought, and – uh, I even went through and I said disconnect, and, and even when you're not connected, it pops up an ad banner that says you should connect with Viera to <laughs> get all these benefits from Panasonic or whatever. And all that is is just a trapdoor into having, hey, buy these games right. that we have on sale, or hey, you should buy this car. And it's like, what the hell? I didn't buy this television at a discount with advertisements built in, like a a Kindle or something. It's supposed to. The commercials are supposed to come from the networks, not from the freaking television manufacturer. Wow. For me, I uh, I haven't had. I, I'm not really annoyed by the ads. I I actually my 360 has not been used since I got my Vita, and uh, it's kind of this weird kind of thing where the Vita has pushed me more towards the PS3, um, just because they're both uh, the uh, login for the PSI PSN ID. It's common through both of them, so I've started to buy all of my newer games, uh, like Dragon's Dogma and uh, Quantum Conundrum, and you know, it, Walking the Walking Dead series, all of that stuff. I just I moved over to my PS3, uh, and it happened right when the update for the 360 came about. So every time I log on to check out something exclusive, like uh, Dungeon Fighters, Dungeon Fighters Live just just went live today, and oh, it's cool. uh, it's it's essentially kind of like. Uh, not really the MMO, the first free-to-play MMO that they promised on the 360. Yeah. It's uh, you pay ten bucks and you essentially get kind of like a 
online local co-op kind of thing, you know, like a, yeah. you know, uh, so, but nonetheless, it's a fun game, whatever. Uh, I, I, it took me about six minutes to find it because I could, I could not, there were, there were so many window panes. It, it just feels like they took the old 360 dashboard and they just layered connect stuff over it or they layered windows eight stuff over it. And now I have I now I have like two or three extra steps throughout everything, and maybe if I go to games, that's not that's not the new release games. I I feel like if I go to the game section, I should then see something that clearly says, hey, these are the new release games. And there is, but there no, there's no advertising. I don't get to see any pictures. It's just like a new release section. It's just I, I haven't even thought about it because I've kind of switched over to PS3. But every time I go there, it's I I feel like. Man, that thing is messed up. It's just dysfunctional. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. Not that Sony's PSN is any more usable. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that the PS3. Just because I'm using it more, I don't think it's better. I, I really think it's just that I now have like two devices that work off the same thing, and uh, and I, I've kind of just slowly moved over there. Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't, I do not want to say that that the <laughs> the cross media bar has its issues, the PSN store has its issues, but man, that 360. What the 360 has been just taking steps backwards. It yeah. was, it it took a big step forward when it got rid of the blades, and the first update to the the interface was pretty sweet. Then they updated it again, and then they are like, oh, let's throw all this connect crap in it, you know, and that's that is you're right, it's. It's definitely optimized for Connect and for touch interfaces and stuff like that. It's just like, ugh, drives me nuts. But mm-hmm. what's interesting is Mark found this good expose of just how much money Microsoft is making off of all these ads. It's no wonder that they've put so many more ads into it. But I would hope yeah. that eventually the consumers return on this <laughs> because there are just yeah. so many subscriptions going on to use your Xbox as a media center. You have to subscribe not just to Netflix, but you're also subscribing to Microsoft and all this other crap, and then you're getting all these ads shoved down your throat, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I am. Um, it's uh, sorry, I, I'm very much uh, thinking. I have like two years saved up on that thing just because I just take advantage of deals and everything. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm really, I, I'm really looking at it and just going, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I, if I want to watch Netflix. I li- actually, if I want to watch Netflix, I go out in my living room and I use my Wii. My Wii is my Netflix Hulu player right now. You know. Uh, uh-huh. So it's just like I've got two other devices that I can do it for free on, and I mean even though Xbox 360 has a great culture for multi like multi um, uh, multiplayer activity, like they yeah. built up this very important idea that you have to use a headset. So that's one thing I miss when I move over to the PS3. When I'm online, maybe I'll, if I do ten matches of of a game. Maybe two people have a headset that I can actually talk to. 360, the rate is much higher because you know they 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 instilled that idea in very early. Uh, so I do miss some stuff. It's just, do I want to pay you know a year's worth of that stuff? I just I don't I don't see the value in it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who do it a little differently. Um Steam is apparently going to be expanding to Linux before the end of the year, which I find to be rather interesting because most people kind of view Linux as like a, well, that's kind of cool, but not a serious 
you know, platform for anything. Um, as far as gaming goes, certainly it's a serious platform for, you know, business and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I guess um, in April, um, a guy who runs the Linux website, Thronix, visited Valve's office and confirmed that a light Linux version of Steam is in development. Um, and then later, um, Gabe Newell was asked um, by a reader of Thronix, Joe Davidson, um, he said, is, is it going to be released before the end of 2012? And Gabe Newell replied, yes. And I think it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, Steam currently supports PC and Mac, but to have it, Linux show up as another platform, you know, especially if they can do it without some kind of wrapper like Wine or something like that, if it's actually, you know, games that are, you know, built natively for Linux, that would be pretty cool. Um, and, you know, I just, I just got a Mac and, um, I was looking on Steam today to see which games I have will actually run on it. And there's like 38 out of my library. So hmm. quite a few. So that's nice. Yeah. Kind of cool that, um, Linux will be getting support as well. Do you guys play around with Linux? Um, I, I've, no. I do for work and stuff. I mean, I've been a, you know, a, like a sysadmin type person for years hmm. and years. So. It's, I'm it's, something, it's something that's completely out of my world. Like I don't, I, I, I know of it. I've seen yeah. it. I've touched it. But when, uh, when I see people on like Google Plus or Twitter posting their their Linux kit, their Linux desktop, and how they have everything arranged and set up, I'm just like, I just, I can, I, own, I can concede that this, this is something I will never know. Right. <laughs> You're like the, that's pretty sweet, but I uh, know. <laughs> yeah, I get to see a world that I just—it's like Eve. It's like yeah. Eve. I'm, I'm never <laughs> understand it. You like can admire it from a distance, but you're like, no, yeah. I'll, I'll never be that guy. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that they're doing that. And you know, speaking of Steam, you know their interface, unlike Xbox Live, yeah, it does start out with a page showing what's for sale. But you can go to the tab and easily switch over to your library and no longer be inundated with that stuff, which I think is kind of nice. Um, I don't know. I'm just a huge fan of, of Steam and Valve in general. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You're going you're gonna to switch over to Linux so you can take advantage of this, Noah? <laughs> no. No, probably not. No. It seems like... Uh, I I... I don't know what the mentality of it is. The best guess I could have is like, hey, let's make our our platform available on an OS that doesn't have to be paid for. It's free, and we yeah. get out of licensed stuff. And maybe that's advantageous if they're truly considering making game hardware or something else. But right. also, from some degree, it just kind of feels frivolous to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't see where the giant demand is for this, and it's it kind of feels like developers being developers. We're going to do this because we can. Right, because it'll be cool. Because we love our fellow developers, and they get us, and they're going to love this. And it's just like, ah, it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Pretty bizarre. There, maybe, there's some, maybe there are some other bigger business strategies that are behind it yeah. that we don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty niche community really the the linux game playing community i would imagine uh, <laughs> yeah 
It's like, yeah, we we like to play really weird, you know, open source ports of games like our version of Civ or something like that. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting though that they they have yeah, made we'll a keep an eye to, on it, see if it actually yeah. attaches to anything else that's big. Yeah, big time. And listeners, just in case you think we're out of the loop or our heads in the sand, we do have a lot to talk about related to the Android console being catching fire over on Kickstarter called Ouya. But we're going to save that because we want to spend more time, our, spe- our special, special time with Eric talking about the secret world. Oh, yes. that was clever. Blame me, you jerk. We're mm, not, I'm special not, time. Oh, I'm no, I'm, I am already insulted. You are more important than Ouya. Axe the secret world part, and we'll cover Ouya instead. Don't do that, please. No, I was just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, we're going to get into what we're playing. Oh, so this is the part of the podcast (laughs) where we talk about what we're playing. Um, Eric, what have you been playing? Well... I'll just say The Secret World and move on, because we'll talk about that later. Uh, But uh, the other games I've been playing are, um, uh, let's see, The Amazing Spider-Man. It should be called The Amazing Spider-Man Arkham City. That's that's what it is. Uh, It's not perfect in any way. Uh, It's an open-world game, and and bringing Spider-Man back to an open world is what fans have wanted for a very long time. Uh, The combat system is ripped right out of Arkham City. Uh, even some of the the basic, you know, uh, like mission types and stuff like that are, but it works, and I like swinging around the city. So fuck it. That's, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. It's uh, fun quantum... web web swing. Yeah, yeah, and the sense of speed is amazing. Like they they brought the third person camera really close to his back. So the test was, I called my wife in, who is extremely afraid of heights. <laughs> I jumped off a building. And she ran out of the room, so <laughs> that's that's telling. Yep, they did they did a good job. Um, it's you know it's nonetheless I I I think it's not worth sixty bucks, but I uh, I had a bunch of trading credit, and it's it's definitely worth a bunch of trading credit. So uh, in uh, other games, Quantum Conundrum that's been out for a while on some other platforms. It just came out I think yesterday or the day before on PS3 because it was delayed or you know just exclusivity rights or whatever, I don't know. Um, that's fantastic. It is more portal-ish stuff. You know, you've got people practicing science, uh, and you've got crazy, weird first-person platforming, uh, fun little quirky humor stuff. All of those beats are, are hit, and I like it. Some people complain about it, but it's so much fun. Love it. And it's, mm. a, little more li- it's a little bit more lighthearted. You know, Portal always had that sinister undertone of what the shit is going on. Yeah. This this year just like, wee, fluffy dimension. Whoa, look at that guy. That painting turned from like a you know, a, a fish to a fluffy fish. Whoa you know? Uh, right. and then the walk and then on a serious note, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead series, if you guys can't spare an evening uh, to play The Walking Dead, then you, you just can't do anything. Like that the games you it's on episode two. They're five bucks each. They're about the length of uh, a long feature-length movie. Uh, at least that's what's huh. been happening. My wife cannot sit through 15 minutes of a game. She just gets bored unless it's like Guitar Hero. But this game is the first game that she's sat down. 
I said, hey, leave when you can. I just want to show you this game. And she sat through, so far, both episodes. Uh, wow. What system yeah. are you playing it on? PS3. I just got it today as part of the Steam sale, and I, I decided I was going to get it on PC because I read so many issues with the graphics on 360. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if I should have stuck with the console because the so much of that game, it's based on reaction and swinging your cursor around and highlighting a circle and hitting the button. Yeah, and yeah. For something in this game, there was a moment where a character was being attacked, and I was, I've moved the mouse, and I felt like the mouse speed was slowed down for this moment for one reason or another, uh-huh. and I highlighted the spot and I clicked on it, but it didn't register, and it's like, oh, no. this character has remembered that you didn't try to save them, and I'm like, well, I couldn't yeah. freaking physically do it with the interface that you provided me. I I will tell you, maybe plug in a 360 controller if you have the ability to do that. I think the clumsiness of the controls lends itself to the game just like Dead Island did uh, with the clumsiness of the, the controller. Um, the tension that gets built, even though it's not really that hard. I mean, it's a lot of... Uh, so they're actually iterating on the game as as they get fan feedback. So they're actually making the game right now, and they really took uh, into uh, account the feedback from Episode 1 to Episode 2. So there's actually really less less gameplay, I think, in the second one. Oh. Um, yeah, there's... You're, you're, I didn't feel like I could... Well, no, I died once. But it was more of like... Um, I don't know, these, these tense moments of, man, at any moment I could screw up. Uh, it's all about the choice and the hard choices that you have to make, and the writing is so well done in this game. Oh yeah, um, I just, I just think, uh, and they're they're really good about giving you stats. So once you finish an episode, they tell you so far all the choices that other people have uh, have made, and they're going oh, for cool. Like, yeah, they're going for like a fifty fifty split, uh, really with that. So if you see more, you know that you know they're going to be working on that as they go along. Um, I. I have not gotten into a game so deeply and and really stressed over the choices. Um, they they time all the choices, so you just got to make what you can make, and you will make your yeah. mistakes. I um, totally want to go back and replay it because there's definitely some decisions and choices that I made where it's like, oh, that wasn't a good one. I can tell. Right, right, and 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 the thing is, I've had to stop myself from doing that. Uh, I played the game by myself. Then I got my wife in, you know, to sit down and watch it, and I forced myself to make the same choices, even if they were a mistake. And and hmm. one of the things I noticed for the first episode, and maybe this this is not a spoiler, but maybe it's a hint to people, um, it is as zombie as you think it would be. Like, you know, if you've ever read any kind of zombie handbooks or anything, and there are some things that you think about, well, episode one will teach you that you're still a na- naive asshole. And you don't think you don't think about certain things, and that's one thing that at least I realized, and it has shaped what I'm going to do for the rest of the series. And my wife ha- and I have great conversations about this game. And uh, at the end of each episode, they they show you a trailer of what's going to happen, and they're they're really good about like if every story beat in the trailer is a choice that I made. It's reacting to a choice I've made. Um, this is going to be my Mass Effect. I think I'm, I oh, hope cool. and pray that this will pay off like Mass Effect Three did not for me. 
Um, I, I, you know, Mass Effect 3 is over and done with. Everyone's just, I guess, it feels like no one's thinking about it anymore. Well, and not for me or Mark. Oh, well, okay. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I think that people have finished it. I don't want to disappoint or whatever, but I don't think about that game as much as I thought I would. I don't think about it as much as I did with 1 or 2. Yeah. With Walking Dead, it's getting more intense, and I know they have three more episodes to screw this up. And but, apparently they're going to make even – they're they already planning on making more games after this set. Yeah, season two, right? I, 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 it, they're doing such a good job, and I'm thinking about this game so darn much, it's not a game anymore. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's another, another portal to the Walking Dead universe. So uh, there you go. Sorry for taking so much time. But hey, Mark, what you been playing? Well, I've been uh, mostly playing the the Secret War uh, World, believe it or not, which we'll probably talk about that later. Um, I think I played one game of League of Legends. Ooh. So yeah, could could be I'm coming back. Um, actually, I was just I patched it because one of my buddies that used to play, my friend Donovan, is talking about getting going again. So <laughs> I was doing that. And it seems like I played something else. I did you play Saints Row or something with your kid? No. Ultimate Alliance. Oh, we finished Marvel Ultimate Alliance with my son. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'd never gotten that far before. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. Every time we would play, you know, we'd get all distracted and stuff. So it was, you know, because me and uh, Jason and Noah and, and Jim used to play it, and we'd always, like, you know, play for hours and hours and hours, and then pretty soon somebody would be starting to try to... Somebody would try to kill all of us or something. Usually... Like when we were in the arcade area. <laughs> um, How so, far in the game was that, like halfway through? Um, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit after that. I figured, um, yeah. But, um... Is it sad to yeah, say... That, like, uh, when I see you oh, playing that on Raptor, that I just, I just, when I see you playing that on Raptor, I just, just like, Mama, can you hear me? I want you to be my <laughs> dad. Why can't we play that together? Because I, I, I bought it, I bought it on 360, and I, when they re-released the, the, the DLC where you got all the characters, I was like, yes, this, this means I was meant to play this game. I just have to find someone to play it with. Never. Nobody. Uh, never. Nope. Nobody. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Alone. So now I'm gonna have to make a baby, raise him to the age or her to the age yeah. that they can hold a controller, and then just play with them. <laughs> at four they can play with you, but at five they can actually do things well. Nope. I, I found. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's pretty darn cool. Um, so that that was pretty much it for me. You know, I'm mostly just when I did play some games, it was the Secret World and. I um I've been playing as a Templar and I really didn't like the way I had started my character out so I destroyed her and started over which is a typical thing I do with MMOs but um <laughs> the smelting use the use the I, proper terminology I, I, I had to smelt her it was just smelting um but uh yeah I'm enjoying it we'll talk about it more later um but that's it for me Noah well I, I think that my gaming drought is coming to an end. I finished my Professor Layton game this last week, and it was really great, just like all the previous ones were. And I got Theater Rhythm for my 3DS, which is a Final Fantasy music game. <laughs> Potentially for someone cool. like for for some people, 
the most horrific uh, abomination that could happen, but I really like uh-huh. it. It's well done. And I played... Uh, well, I, what I could, what's coming to mind is that... Oh, oh yeah. I got a Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 because the price finally got down to the price point that I wanted it to be at. Played a little bit of that and realized that I forgot how to how the controls work. I'm going to have to freaking open up the manual again just to figure out how I change characters because I certainly can't figure it out by button mesh. It's really ridiculous. That's, oh, that's, that's something. It's such a core basic piece of functionality. I should be able to use the shoulder triggers to change characters, and apparently not. <laughs> not, not, not so. so much. But what's cool about that version of the game is that all the characters are already unlocked, whereas in the original Marvel versus Capcom 3, you had to unlock stuff. So it's nice to be able to play whoever I want. And then beyond that, of course, the Steam sale started the other day, and I <laughs> my Steam library is large enough. I have so many games in there that I have never even downloaded and installed, let alone played. So I was a lot more responsible, and I thought, why don't I have Pagel yet? <laughs> so I oh, no. Pagel Complete, because I, I have it on my DS, and it's cool there, but it's 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 more fun to play on a PC, so I got that, and I played that for a little bit, and going back to the Humble Indie Bundle, I started up Amnesia, and I played that for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour, and during that time, I got messages from both Terra and from Ryan, our pro gamer friend that's been on the show before, saying, ooh, that game is so scary, oh my gosh, it's so amazing, and Sadly, after an hour, I was bored with it, and I wasn't. <laughs> I was annoyed, and I thought I kept going in loops in this one area, trying to gather chemicals to make an acid. And the spooky, the truly spooky stuff was starting to happen, and there was like insane insanity effects going on. And I had all my lights out. I was playing it with headphones, and it just was cheesy. It, mm. it wasn't really doing anything for me, and just the clunkiness of having to open things and grab things by you like if you go up to a door and you'll see a hand icon you hold you click and hold the the left mouse button and then you have to kind of swing you pull your mouse back as if you're pulling the door open or if you're shutting it or if you're opening a trunk and it's clunky and i i recognize it's probably clunky to be make it really scary when you're being chased by something mm-hmm. but i don't know it's just juggling finding enough oil and tinder boxes and keeping things lit up or else I'm going insane and then there's things appearing it's like whatever so I turned it off and then I switched to Walking Dead and I think I played through a half or two thirds I'm not sure yet of the first episode I haven't finished yet but I really like that a lot it's very well done which one were you playing? The Walking Dead oh The Walking Dead I saw you were playing that pretty cool huh? yeah it's, it's really good I'm and, so so. It's episode one, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm so glad that. Uh, oh my god! Like, oh, just just do it so we can talk about it. Finish the two. <laughs> do it. I'm in the drugstore right now, so I don't know how far mm-hmm. that is. I feel like it's near the end, where it should be. But um, yeah, so I I've been wanting to get it, and the Steam sale was a great way to get the full season pass at a small discount, and. I'm keeping my eye on the Jurassic Park game. I, I want to get it. I know it's supposed to be bad, but having watched all the Jurassic Park movies again recently and loving that franchise, I still want to play it. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, so sorry, sorry, but it's it's ten bucks on PS3 if you want to get it. 
the if whole you, thing? If you, have, if you have PlayStation Plus, yeah, it's it's. Like oh, 10 yeah, I don't have PlayStation Plus because I don't like subscriptions. I just have my Xbox One. Oh, okay. It's funny because well, we were talking about the Verizon five ninety nine a month service earlier, and all it kept reminding me of was PlayStation Plus. They, uh, I, I have to defend that. I have to defend this PlayStation Plus thing because it has filled up my hard drive in three months. Like I got the system as a wedding present, yeah. And and from then I, I had PlayStation Plus. It in three months I am now having to manage that stuff. And after E3, they have this instant collection initiative that they're they will so far always have twelve games available for free. It's six retail games, six downloadable games. It's absolutely nuts. So for three months, so just imagine though. I mean, this is the this is the, what's really hit me in the face with the value of it. Yeah, I get online play with uh, 360, uh, but for 17.99 for three months, I'm getting a wealth like an insane amount of games. Like I always have something to play on there, and that's that's nuts. I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop. I don't want to convince you in anything. But man, and it's it's I think it's without PlayStation Plus it's thirty percent off, so I think you get it for like fifteen bucks. So compare that. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Anyways, tangent. Well, you would have an opinion on this something similar. Do you recommend the Best Buy Gamer subscription magazine thing? Truthfully. Uh, okay, so if you, I, I think that most things at Best Buy, if you make sure to use them properly, they're uh-huh. worth it service plans, all of that stuff. I'm not going to get into it. That makes me scared even talking about that stuff. Uh, But, uh, okay, you can, I think if you step into a Best Buy, even if you don't have a subscription, you should go and look at the magazine. Every month, the the coupons change. The Uh magazine costs $5. So go ahead and just factor that in. Sometimes I got got friggin' Rage and Bulletstorm for $5 each. I had to pay for, I had to, Pay for the magazine. I also that was also when Batman came out. Batman had Batman uh, had it. It was for forty bucks and it was a thirty dollar off coupon. Well, factor in the five dollars I'm paying for the magazine. I'm getting a huge shit ton of savings. Okay. Now, if the all the other stuff that you're talking about, if you want a value of that, that's the same stuff as GameStop. You're getting an extra ten percent trade in. You're getting ten percent off pre owned stuff. If you work the system and make sure that you you know get that 15 bucks back damn straight yeah and they've got digital they've got digital versions of it uh so you can get the coupons earlier and all that stuff oh, that's it's cool. just, you've just got to work that you've got to work for it if you get it and don't do anything with it no it's not worth it so yeah anyways whatever let's not let's not talk about that anymore well it, it, it crossed my mind because this week best buy also had had a buy two get one free offer which i was really excited about and i went to best buy and i looked and i looked at all the games and i just couldn't find enough stuff for me to justify doing it mm-hmm. when i think in the back of my mind some of the games that i wanted were available cheaper on amazon which is like the num- enemy number one for best buy mm-hmm. but it's just that's what happens it's just like yeah i'd like to get driver or uh, ridge racer unbounded and stuff like that but i know that i can get them cheaper on amazon yeah. Without tax and without shipping, it's just like uh But I also thought that I I know that the gamer magazine sometimes has good coupons in it, but I don't know what the yeah, content you, of the magazine is like. The magazine is it's all from like people who I mean if you if you watch the you know uh, I guess the journal the gamer journal world 
out there. Everyone's yeah. just moving back and forth to different places and stuff. So I think the magazine has some people from, you know, uh, Game uh, uh, Game Pro and stuff like that. You know, they've been around for a while, and they yeah. try to have interesting interviews and stuff because you realize that, yeah, most of the reviews and stuff, you, you've seen that review day and date when the game came out two or three weeks ago, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. the advantage of getting it digitally, that you get that you get the magazine uh, digitally way faster. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so that's whatever we were talking about. Because I really, I, I, I suddenly take advantage of the, the used game discount for GameStop's magazine theme, but I love the magazine a lot. So yeah. it doesn't really matter to me because I still love, I mean, I'm so old-fashioned about game magazines. I still love them. I love to get them. And, and it's nice. It's, it's nice to have something other than bills in the mail. Yes. <laughs> so true. But yeah, and I need to get Quantum Conundrum. I just need to pick a system that I get it on. I'm not sure yet. I'm I'm getting some uh, frame rate stuttering on the PS3. Okay. I think well, I think the best yeah, I think the best option always is with that kind of stuff uh the the computer. I yeah. mean, you're, you're the PC is going to get you what you need with that. I just I'm going to doodle around in that thing, and, and I might as well just keep all of my trophies and <laughs> and everything with the PS3. It's easier that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, wow. That's a whole lot to talk about what we've been playing. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's time for General Geekery here in episode 207 of Channel Massive. For me, I finally finished up my epic Blu-ray journeys that I've been taking. I watched the Jurassic Park trilogy recently, and more epically, more largely, I finished watching all six of the Star Wars movies on my little Blu-ray collection. I do have one set left. I have the Alien movies, the first four. Not Prometheus. I don't want to relive that anytime soon. But Ooh, wasn't that the best movie ever? No, no. <laughs> but I, I watched the Star Wars episodes. I watched one, two, then four, five, then three, then six, and it was kind of interesting to look to, to watch it from that perspective, especially since some of those movies, such as episode, some of the episode. Well, yeah, I haven't watched any of the first the the prequel trilogy since they were in the theaters. So them again, it was kind of interesting. And I hadn't seen the original trilogy, of course, in a long time. I think I watched them last when they were special editions in the movie theater. So watched them all really close together within the span of two weeks because I'd watch only. It was weird. It was like this epic miniseries. I wouldn't actually sit down and watch the whole thing. I'd sit down and watch maybe 20 or 30 minutes of it while I was eating dinner. And I'd be like, all right, this is a good stopping point. And then I'd come back to it. So that's why it took me so long (laughs) to watch all these movies. But it is cool to see places where it ties together and also see continuity errors and wonder what were people thinking. For instance, in Return of the Jedi, one that I can think of more recently, Luke's talking to Leia in the Ewok village. He wants to tell her that, hey, we're siblings. And she she says, I've always known. Somehow I've just always known. And (sighs) as leading up to that revelation was him uh what was it him saying well what do you remember about your mother she's like well i I remember feelings and and things all these things about it uh, about her and that she was sad and that she was beautiful and i'm like how do you know any of that 
uh, when she died. She's forced. No, because dude, dude, whatever. She, you want me to fuck you over? Because I will. She is force attuned, my friend. She becomes. She becomes a Jedi later. So she clearly can do that. Don't don't be. She's my girl, dude. Don't be messing with my girl. Carrie Fisher. No, Leia. She's a girl. (laughs) I talk to her like every day with the force. So I'm just saying, don't mess with her. She knows those things because she's force attuned, clearly. Well, if you if you're so sure, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I just I just I just read and interpret fact. That's what that's what this is. Uh, we're talking about. But overall, I can say that my journey through those movies was it was entertaining, and more than anything. I was surprised how much I just laughed during Return of the Jedi. Not over the Ewoks. I've never had an issue with the Ewoks, and even being an adult, I don't think they're a big deal. I thought they were good enough. Uh, they didn't bother me at all like Jar Jar and the Gungans did. But the Emperor is just so over the top and campy, and I've heard Jason Im- imitate all those <laughs> so many times. Oh, that yeah. I watch it, that's what I think of, is Jason saying it, and then I'm saying it at the same time while the movie's playing. <laughs> it just <laughs> cracks really me up, because it's so cheesy. And I remember when I was younger, it was emotional. And it, I, now it's just ridiculous. Now it's comedic. <laughs> but I still love it. I, I, I think it's really great. And gosh, man, definitely John Williams' best soundtracks. And oh, yeah. Then that, I'm continuing through Veil of the Vole in my Xanth reading, which has been good i like it so far it's, it's a nice little entry in the xanth series and i believe that's about it do either of you have any other updates in general geekery land i do um oh go ahead nope nope i'm going to be the better man and say you go first my friend uh i was just saying i saw the amazing spider-man the Ooh, reboot what's that what did you think of it I liked it. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, too soon, and, you know, they didn't dig it, but I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. So, 3D you know. or 2D? Uh, 2D. I was with my kids, so they get a little crazy with the 3D goggles. And it was a little too much for them at their age, I think, but, um, you know, they did, I mean, they did well, but I think it was it was a long movie, and some of the adult stuff was a little too adult that you know, which I didn't count on, but um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I liked it. I'm not a hater. I'm very I, excited uh, to go and see it. Yeah, me too. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot more than uh, Prometheus. I'll tell you that. I, when I watched Prometheus, I didn't mind it so much. It was just as the days went on after seeing it, like my subconscious kept refining my point of view to the point of where I was like, <laughs> that wasn't that great. Oh. So, you know, I don't know. They have these uh, analysis uh, kind of articles about, you know, Prometheus and, you know, different things that are going through it and translations of different languages that were in the movie. And I haven't seen it yet, so I pretty much just click on the link, like bookmark it, and then just exit out of it. And I'm like, one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one day I will. Uh, But I don't hear good things. I don't hear good things. Yeah, it's it's all right, but it's definitely... It has some cheese factor. Yeah. What were you going to say? It has its flaws. Yeah. Mm. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it for me. I, uh, I've been just watching, um, 
I still like Falling Skies, even though everyone I've referred to it has said they didn't think it was worth continuing to watch. Well, so I'm watching that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I yeah. I I think it's pretty good. So I'm going to keep watching it. And anybody who doesn't like it, they can whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, as far as general geekery goes, that's pretty much it for me. Eric? Okay, so my my geek moments have been filled with comic books and wow. uh, and book books. So uh, the one thing that I've been going through is um, uh, it's a series X-Force, uh, and then later it turns into the series called Ecstatics, and it is an amazing, weird, awesome comic book series. So, you know, you may or may not be familiar with uh, X-Force. Uh, X-Force was kind of, I think generally it's like a, a government-created X-Men. You know, uh, it's got a lot of, uh, uh, essentially it's X-Men, but better, but military-trained is the idea around it, right? Uh, this X-Force was actually created, let's see, I looked it up so I could, I could give them credit, but uh, Peter Milligan and then Mike Alred created this, uh, and essentially... It's it's X Force, but it's it's a completely different team, and they're only X Force by name, and it's because the other X Force never thought of copywriting the name, so this <laughs> X Force copyright the name, and they are the worst bunch of dumbasses ever. Like they're all they're they're the rea- it's a reality TV show based on them. Okay, so they oh, follow wow. around these people. Uh, beating up people, but, uh, you know, as soon as the cameras leave, they're all about just, like, you know, how, like, how can we get a line of, you know, uh, uh, action figures, or how can we, you know, get kind of clothing line going, or any of this kind of stuff, they're all decadent, they're all just terrible people, and you've got some of the worst superpowers ever, there's one guy who, uh, God, what is his name, I think it's called the Anarchist, right, he his power is um he exudes acid sweat. <laughs> he just, <laughs> That's handy. He can, yeah, he can shoot it in energy bolts, and he just fries people. He just murders people. Now this is in like I I, I had no idea this existed. Like when they made this, this now exists in the the uh, X Men you know uh, Marvel universe where you've got this just weird set of reality TV shows, and it makes so much sense. It's like. Reality TV shows would not be what they are with superpower people. Of course, someone would take advantage of this. Uh, this. So uh, you've got that. You've got this guy named Fat. He can increase his fat cells. So he can get real fat and hit people with his fat cells. So is this – what what version of this X-Force is this? Is this like – So this is like a tangent storyline in the X-Force. It started at like a – 100, 115, something like that, and it's it's kind of just like a tangent line of of the X Force series, okay? Uh, and they oh, eventually wow. they eventually it becomes pretty darn profound and interesting as you've got these people who just don't care about life; they're all about decadence, and things happen that help them appreciate life. Uh, so they change their name to Ecstatics, and that's where I'm just starting off. Uh, the reason why I got interested in this is because of a – it was a cracked article about the top five worst superheroes ever, just like <laughs> most idiotic, dumb superheroes. And and they described this superhero in the ecstatics, and they haven't recruited it in the storyline that I'm in yet, but I'm super excited to see him. His name's El Guapo, okay? <laughs> the pretty. Mm, yep. That's awesome. Yep. So, so he, his superpower 
is a flying skateboard that he controls with his mind. Now, th- now this is this is the crazy part about it, right? It kind of represents his uh, guilty conscience or something. So he cheats on his girlfriend. So the skateboard almost beats him to death. Wow! Imagine that. Now yeah. he is rated as he's rated as the worst superhero ever created. Okay. Uh, and understandably, like amazing. Just this is a weird, quirky series. It's super dumb, but. And you kind of think it's just going to be this reality show kind of decadence dumbness. But the characters kind of develop into, uh, I don't know, the broken people you'd think they are. They they realize that they they don't have anything. They just have money. They just have their fame. And it's lost very quickly. Uh, so it it is a very smart comic. Please go out and find what you need to find. Just, just go and, and uh, Google X dash s-t-a-t-i-x and then start from there and uh start from the beginning and i think you you know someone will appreciate it hopefully uh yeah and then uh you know game of thrones i i bought that book and started reading that oh cool yeah because i watched the series liked it enough and i'm like you know i've got to probably read this yeah it's pretty pretty well worth it i think so there you go guys cool well, that wraps up our general geekery section, and now we're finally, at long last, going to get into Secret World Impressions. Okay, guys. So, I guess this is kind of my section, so yeah. I should probably talk. Yeah, yeah go um, for it. Uh, so... Hopefully the way this will work out is, you know, you interject. I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not going to talk the entire time. I know Mark has played it. Uh, Noah, I I feel like we did this with uh, Final Fantasy 14 or whatever that was. Um, Noah, Tear, and me, we at least had at least one chat session where we kind of really got excited about Final Fantasy 14, and we also did the same thing with the Secret World. I don't know. It was just this one, maybe like five. Secret World, yeah. Yeah, five ten minute period. Uh, maybe multiple times, but we were just like, we're going to play this together. And Tear hasn't gotten it yet, and you haven't gotten it yet. So I don't feel like I've truly started the game. I'm just saying, no peer pressure, but you probably should get it. Uh, so, okay, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some of the points that I've really kind of thought about a lot. Uh, I pretty much just put an outline for a blog post in our in our you know, podcast document, and I'm just going to talk through it. Please interject and just scream to say that you want to ask a question or something like that or or want to say something about that particular thing. Um, so I'll just say The Secret World uh, is coming even closer to the kind of MMO I want to play. Um, I, I, I think I've said, at least to myself, a lot that, you know, DC Universe Online, uh, Fallen Earth, uh, a, a Let's see. I mean, World of Warcraft has pieces of it. All these MMOs that I've gone and played and tried to become, I don't know, just like my one MMO that I stick with. Um, Secret World seems to be that one that kind of grabs a little bit of everything. You know, the high production value of World of Warcraft. This like, when you look at World of Warcraft, when you look at World of Warcraft, you know that they thought about a storyline that they're just not making this shit up. Hopefully, as they go along. 
Okay, uh, you know you've got you've got dynamic, interesting combat with DC Universe Online. You've got Fallen Earth will always have a place in my heart because it doesn't give a shit about what you want in the game. Like it presents itself, and that's it. So that's kind of my introduction for I guess some of the favorite things about Secret World. Um, so, anyways, the story in in the, the Secret World is something that is just put up. From day one, right front, before we even could play the game, we were learning about the story and deciding what we were going to, how we were going to participate in it, you know? Um, uh, the game kind of uh, presents itself with m- uh, monologues from different characters, and your character is completely silent, so you're kind of like Link from, you know, Zelda. You don't say shit, and everyone else interacts around you, uh, even to the point that you might have multiple characters in cutscenes, which they have regularly, uh, and and they're just interacting around you. Um, and I at first I was pretty thrown off by it, but now I absolutely love it. It's it's almost kind of like a freeing experience because you're being told a story, but uh, you're kind of it, since it's a modern setting. You're deciding, you know, your, your your responses and your interactions. You're going to go and do whatever you're going to, you know, whatever uh, mission they've given you. But you, I'm I'm really kind of just thinking, and maybe it's because I've gotten way into the game. Like I'm I'm not really even RPing, but I feel like at moments when I'm sitting and in, interacting with other players, I'm inadvertently RPing. Like uh, factions play a big role. Like uh, I don't know, you guys are what? What are you guys? You guys are like, I'm a Templar, Templar. mostly. Yeah, I have one of each. I figure I'd play as. Yeah, so you guys, I mean, you guys chose that, what? Because you played the game, you realized the Templar are awesome, overpowered? No. You guys, months ago, years ago, were presented with three faction choices, and they've done a really good job of building faction loyalty. It's yeah, ab- they have. Absolutely nuts. Me, as a, I took the little survey, you know, uh, and it said I was a dragon. And from from that point on, you guys are fucking stupid to me. Like, like, what the hell are you doing joining the Templar? They're nuts, and I, I just don't understand why you're going to do that. And and just the simple fact that I feel that is kind of is kind of impressive. Uh, yeah, when as an attempt, as a Templar, we don't really even acknowledge that the dragon faction exists. They're kind of unimportant in the, the world. So you know, just saying. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? That's totally awesome. You are not the only ones. Uh, in as you're sitting and interacting with people as a dragon, this is uh, okay. I'll tell you, the the dialogue doesn't really change much in between factions. I think yeah. creating creating alts is really kind of pointless if you're looking for a different perspective. Like, yeah. Perspective story. They tell the story slightly differently, but yeah, I think just stick with one and just you know love mm-hmm. it. You know. Yeah, and we'll get into the, like all of the other reasons why you'd create an alt and why they kind of negate that stuff. But really, like, um, uh, I I appreciate the the dragon faction not because of really any story elements they've presented to me. It's kind of bare bones in the in the cutscenes and the voice acting and, and uh, different characters I've met. They they barely even know if the dragons exist. Some of them don't have any intel at all, and then some of them literally, like, that Templar opinion that you have is totally valid. The Templars think the dragon are a, are a random band of, of disparate jackasses that don't know right. what they're doing. 
They acknowledge uh, themselves in the Illuminati, but the uh, dragon, they're like, yeah, meh. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as cool. a dra- as a dragon player, you point you, like I'm searching, I'm hoping for some kind of reason. Uh, so let's see. I want to say spoilers here because uh, if someone's interested in trying out the dragon, I think you you might want to skip ahead a couple minutes because I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna right now from here on just gonna talk a little spoilers. <laughs> These guys don't really give a shit, uh, so I'm gonna talk to them. But you guys just just skip ahead until you don't hear my high pitch voice um <laughs> so uh i would say it's it's their their prologue is one of the most unique uh illuminati and templar you get invited you know of course they give you different uh different kind of you know templar is giving you a sense of structure illuminati is just saying hey you are about to party motherfucker we're about to go crazy with this shit and both of them kind of warn you you're gonna die if you're on your own so you get a plane ticket you get to go over there dragons they knock your ass out and throw you in soul. Like <laughs> from the very beginning, you have absolutely no choice. So just as a character, I'm, I am lost. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And the only thing I've been told regularly is that I'm just a cog in the wheel. And which, which is perfect for, um, you know, MMOs. Like you're always thinking about, you know, uh, every character in an MMO is supposed to be the person who's saving the world. And right. uh, Secret World, uh, the Templar, Illuminati, and the Dragon are really good at explaining that you are just – we we don't know what you are. You just got superpowers, which I'm not going to explain why. They, they the, People who are interested in the game and will try it out, you'll you'll learn that very quickly. But you, you just got some superpowers. You're kind of special, but you're not that special because a million other people were got their powers. So just deal with it, you know. Um, so as a dragon, I'm I'm loving the fact that I don't know what the fuck's going on, and I, the only thing that worries me is that you know, well, I'm 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 appreciating this, but what if that's not actually not the case? What if it's just bad writing? What if they didn't think that through? Uh, I'll mention this several times. I just I just watched a a live like a live stream of Ragnar Tornquist. The and a bunch of other of the developers, which I don't know their name, because Ragnar is that's that's all of the all of the Nordic, awesome European name that I can fit in my brain. Everything else is left. Um, all of, all of them kind of talked about some of this stuff, and one of the things they noticed was that everyone does not know what the hell's going on with the dragon. Like you, people have kind of maxed out and everything, and they just they don't know what the fuck's going on. And <laughs> and so it, at least it's intentional, right? At least the dragon is intentionally vague for a reason, and that just gets me hyped. I'm just super excited about that. And um, so, you know, like I said, I, I kind of I, – I find myself RPing because of the more modern just setting. I'll, I'll meet someone. You can group with people that aren't of your same faction. You just can't guild with them. You can't cabal, you know. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll meet up with a Templar. And seriously, I'm just I'm just like, hey, you're not all that bad, because everything I'm hearing about you, Templar, is that you're fucking dumb. Like you're just they're the there's the most of you, so they're you just are lemmings, you dumb faces. Uh, so it's all work <laughs> it's it's all worked out in an awesome way. Uh, so any any anything you guys want to say about that, or did I did I fill up everything? 
Well, so you mentioned it in your show notes, but the silent protagonist is a little unnerving to me. After mm-hmm. playing so many Bioware games, to have my character just stare mutely in yeah. any interaction, yeah, it, it, I, I, I did, find I did, that I did, kind of odd. I don't know what your thoughts are. I did not like it. I did not like it from the very beginning. And yeah. the reason was, I, I assumed that the writing was not going to be strong enough. Right. That I, have to, that I have to listen to these people just tell me in a very long-winded way that I have to go and kill ten zombies. And I was not going to be interested in any of, uh, any of the stuff they said. But I will tell you that I'm, I'm most surprised in the game because it gives me room for interpretation. Some of the I have my I have favorite characters now that I I replay their missions just to listen to their dialogue, right? Uh, because they they're actual characters, they're fleshed out characters that you would see in a movie or a book or you know so, you know I'm not just taking this quest just because I you know I gotta I gotta take the quest I gotta take quest yeah there's lore but you know it's not written very well. And it's just kind of just like this itemized list of of stuff you need to know about dragons. You know, no, it's I'm listening to this character. Uh, there's, a, for instance, there's a character who is I'll be vague, uh, very much like Stephen King, and he's an alcoholic shithead, and <laughs> he is talking to you as if you are the problem. But one thing I really love about it is the dialogue, uh, what he's talking about, his animations, where he is in in the game. You can clearly see that every goddamn thing he's talking about is himself. He hates himself. Like, he's just worthless. He's useless. Uh, useless. Yeah, that's what I want to say. He's actually, like, in this world where everyone's taking action, he can't do anything but but stay up in his tower and, and, you know, drink. So uh, that kind of stuff, I've never thought about that in anything other than a, a film or a book. I've never gotten that interaction from an MMO, and that's right. kind of baller. So let's talk about the first 30 minutes, and it is a bit of a spoiler alert, but, I mean, it, it's something you subjected to so quickly, I don't think it matters. But I, I really liked how they told the story of, the uh, you know, the first 30 minutes of play or so. It was really what grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, it kind of starts out in your... Your character's in their apartment sleeping and, uh, like, a fly buzzes by and some kind of, like, energy comes out of their hand, I think, and destroys it or does something. Mm-hmm. And then your character kind of wakes up, it's like five days ago, and p- pretty much destroys their apartment inadvertently with all these powers manifesting. And yeah. four days later, or four days ago, it's like you, your character is, like, hovering in the middle of the room and, like, light is coming out of their mouth and eyes going up into the heavens and, you know, they're the room is even more trashed and then it's like two, three days later and they're starting to like get some control over their powers two days later they're like juggling you know energy spheres and then um it's like one day ago and somebody comes to visit you who represents one of the three factions and mm-hmm. then you're just out on the street after that um you know choosing what you're going to do with your your kind of one quest is to find out more about your faction and then it does this really cool job of kind of showing you like a prequel of what your powers will be like by this flashback of a a crazy, weird, like, like magical pathogenic outbreak that happened in Tokyo. Right. I think it was a Tokyo. Yeah. And it's it's so cool because you, you're like merged with somebody like you're seeing it through the eyes of someone else who was around 
at during the outbreak, who's mm-hmm. with this group of people that's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And it is so well done. Like there's this this black this crazy like or bio black stuff that's like, you know, kind of the, taking the over the yeah. filth, yeah, it's taking over everything, and there's these infected people, and instead of being like zombies or whatever, they're just these, you just see that they're totally black, and you can see their eyes glowing, and um, they're like just shadows, you know, and it's really creepy, and you're trying to fend them off, and it's just this really fast-paced um, mission that you're kind of on, and it's taking you through, and you arm yourself and learn how to use, you know, a shotgun, and then your powers kind of are manifesting, so your use of a shotgun is like no one else you've ever seen using a shotgun. You're able to do all kinds of crazy abilities, and there's self-sacrifice, and there's, you know, dialogue going on, and it's 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 really, and, you know, um, you get to fight some boss monsters, and the, the landscape's falling apart, and it's really cool. I thought it was really gripping. And then it yeah. flashes back in your yourself, and then you have to start, then you go to this place called the Crucible and kind of figure out what your starting um, skills are going to be like. And you get to try different things out on these, like, weird captured, um, I don't know if they're, like, undead or what they are. But yeah, that's they, uh, pretty they're cool. they're demons, yeah. And demons, that's, that's, yeah. That's interesting because, you know, that's that's the Templar. You right. Know, you, you go into the Crucible and that, that kind of, like, uh, you know, I don't know, veteran... He's a veteran demon slayer, or he's been around, and he clearly tells you he, – he makes sure to tell you, you are not special. You are not right. special. You you are one of the many. Choose your right. weapon and get the fuck out and do something productive. Uh, right. You know, that's, and that's, that's the kind of like – I don't know. That brutality in the Templar is very interesting. It is cool, and um... – you know, you get to try out all these different weapons, and then you later learn that there's these decks that you can choose from, which are kind of like traditional classes like Paladin or Assassin or whatever. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have levels. The game doesn't have levels. It's just you, you unlock abilities as you do things and, um, you know, as you gain experience. And it's just really cool because it's so freeform. And I don't know what happens with your faction, but the first thing I have to do is go to do is it like Jamestown or something like that and try and help out with the zombie King, outbreak yeah Kingsmouth Kingsmouth King's, King's, King's yeah well I was way yeah. off with Jamestown but yeah. um, you have to go there and and help out with this like zombie apocalypse that's going on mm-hmm. and that's really well done like the missions are cool they're all multi-phase you know you can't have it's not like the tr- traditional thing where you load up on a ton of missions it's like you can have one primary and Please correct me as I screw this up, but you can have one primary, some ancillary ones, some you can have like one group one. I don't know what all the yeah, rules are. Yeah, you have you have um you have a okay, so you have a quest called the story quest, and that goes throughout the entire zone. Like we're talking about not just not just Kingsmouth. So you go from Kingsmouth, you go to a place called Savage Coast, and then you go to the Blue Mountains. And that's actually that story quest will go throughout all of those, and it's a good hint to tell you that you 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 know you may want to move on. Each quest has its kind of own difficulty marker, so it might be hard, normal, very hard, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And so that's a good hint of hey, well, I might not be leveling here, but I'm clearly I don't have what it takes to continue. Um, and then you've got your main quest. Your main quest can be a bunch of different things. Uh, it can be. Uh, I don't know all the names for it, but it can be an investigation quest. It can be a red quest, which is, I think, a, a main quest. And, and there's, like, stealth got, quests, too, like sabotage yeah. quests, yeah. right? 
Yep, and all of those fit that one spot. If you take one, it pauses the other it, right yeah. where it was, and you have to go back to the person to actually continue it, okay? Um, and then you've got uh, dungeon quests, so that's just your instance. I mean, we're talking about Wailing Caverns, you know? Yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah. those kind of things. And that that is a purple quest. You take that. And then you have some leeway with the side quests. The side quests are the, the ones that you're not going to get voice acting from. You're going to get a lot of reading. Sometimes they puzzle based, sometimes they're not. It just you know, it's just extra stuff that you find. And they're not they they might not be anywhere near a quest hub. You might kind of wander under a bridge and find one. You might find like a you know, some weird quest. And you can take up to three of those. Yeah, and, and those so, are cool. I actually enjoy those a lot. They're just yeah. so random and um you can really, if you compare this to Age of Conan, uh, you can really see where they learned a ton from that. You know, you had Tortage, which was just filled with voice acting. Everything was voice acting. And then after that, it was all over. <laughs> it was just nothing, you know? And then to bring out content, they had to always make these sacrifices where it would be mostly nothing, and then you knew it was an important quest when there were vo- was voice acting. Yeah. Uh, this is just way better. Everything is planned out where I've learned that side quests are probably not going to have voice acting, and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, with, with Age of Conan, you would go through the entire thing, and then by the time you got to the main quests of, you know, you're, you're essentially going to, going to King's Mouth, you know, essentially. Um, you don't want to read. Like, reading is hard. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, everybody's it's, you know, talking. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to. Um, so... I don't know. I just just to let you know, like every single quest in the game is repeatable. Every single one, except for investigation quests, the, the green quests, and so that's pretty interesting because you're making a character who eventually could learn every single weapon skill. Yeah, could max out on everything. You know, um, so having repeatable quests is really nice because, say, in that in that instance where you uh. You felt like you screwed up your character, or you maybe mm-hmm. you chose the wrong weapon, or something like that. It, it doesn't really work like that anymore. You just, right. you know, you just go and do some other, you do, do some quests before you move on to the story stuff. You yeah, do some I had quests over. Re- you know, you repeat had, those quests again. They have. I had, I had instant regret when I smelted my character. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was dumb. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, because you can learn everything. Uh, the idea of you know creating ults for the different um, the different factions, unless they really include compelling, like super interesting content for each one, uh, I'm n- I'm not gonna ever do that. Uh, and, or I'm gonna have such loyalty for that faction that I'm not gonna give a shit. You know, uh, right. I I played the prologues for each character, so you know when you're transfer- transferred to that Tokyo outbreak or yeah. whatever, um, that's different for each one. It's actually pretty controversial for the dragons because with the Templar, and I, I think we're far beyond the point of... Uh, this is a bunch of spoiler stuff, so I'm just going to talk about it. Um, the Templar, you've got a prophet. You've got this crazy guy you know, in a park telling you about stuff, right? Right. And it, and it just has you pass out. Well, the dragons are kind of the most controversial because you go up to a woman. She tells you how confusing things are, and then she gives you a good old BJ. <laughs> I haven't yep. seen that. Yep, and the <laughs> moment, in the moment of that, you know, uh, that little death, you know, uh, right. you you get transported back. Uh, for the Illuminati, the Illuminati, it's uh, uh, I don't know if I want to ruin it for you, but I'm gonna. Um, 
the Illuminati, it's, 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 you know, it's more, uh, I don't know, it's, it's more science, like pseudoscience kind of weirdness, you know, uh, where, you know, you, you're, you're still talking to a person, they're still kind of nuts, you still get transported, tra- transported back, but it's completely different and it totally works with that weird conspiracy Illuminati thing. You know, from the very beginning, as soon as you step into New York or Seoul or London, you, you have the feel of the faction. You know, and when you go right. to those, you you uh, the, the way they set it up is that if you want to go to the bank, you have to go to London, no matter if you're a Templar or not. There's no bank in any of the other cities. Uh, hmm. If you go to certain things, you have to go to New York, and they're gonna they're with the newer content they're gonna come out with. Uh, you know the the plastic surgeon that changes your face. You know uh, the barber, the uh, person who gives you tattoos and stuff like that. All of those are gonna be in the different cities. But when you go there, if you really get into the game. I feel like an outsider when I go to New York. Like, that is just hmm. not the way things work, you know? Um, so, you know, so there's that. Uh, what were we talking about? I lost track. I got this I got this sheet of things, but I think we're totally off the rails on this. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, let's, 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 we'll do this. We'll move on. We'll just stop what I was saying, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say something a little about investigation quests, and we'll move on to combat, if you don't mind. Um, sure. Investigation quests are the green quests that are one-time only. Uh, so anybody who plans on playing this game, please try your best not to cheat, not to go to Google. Uh, it's very easy to be kind of like cynical about this stuff. And, you know, as, as people are playing this game and they're searching, of course, different search results are coming up. But uh, they've actually built in an in-game browser because there are certain points where you're going to a fake website. And you're going to be searching different things. Uh, you, it, the investigation quests are straight out of uh, adventure games. Uh, if we're talking about classic Telltale, if we're talking about I don't know, Broken Sword, Mist, all of those kind of things, they're mm-hmm. designed for that. You know, uh, you can only do them once, and then they're gone from the game forever. And you get a huge amount of experience for them. Uh, you know, so if you like taking screenshots, that's your only chance. Uh, every right. other quest, like you can just redo. You know, if you if you really liked a certain quest and it was really cool, like there's this one quest that you 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 take some drugs and you are it is it just filters the world in a really weird kind of thing. I, I've done that quest three times, and uh, it's it's neat because I just keep pressing the kind of screenshot button. You know, yeah, I've taken uh, a lot of screenshots. There's just some epic scenes where you're like, this is way cool looking. You know, yeah, I got to get yeah. a screenshot of this. But investigation quests are once in a lifetime, so take your time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, so, anyways, moving on to combat. Uh, it is uh, it's pretty darn active, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can't just sit there and just you know hit the tab and you have to move around a yeah. lot. And some Which people are complaining that it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't do anything. You're just moving around because you feel like you have to. No, you have things, to. Yeah, one of the things they pointed out, they said that even if you're not getting like some kind of AOE thing around you or there's some, not not a tell, just by moving around uh, during the live stream, they said moving around, they've crunched the numbers, increases your survival rate by 33%. Oh, it's got to. And well, and a lot of abilities have like a different um, area of effect. Like they're not all player-based AOE. Some are like linear, some are cone-shaped. You know, you have to yeah. you have to move, and it's really fast. Like it's one of those things where, you know, some MMOs have that weird laggy feeling. This doesn't have that. It's like you hit the key and it's like, bam, 
You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's way better. I like the combat way better than Age of Conan to compare it to another, you know, fun com game or whatever. But um, yeah, most definitely. I, I, and I, once you take that second weapon, like as they start mixing together, it just gets really nuts. Yeah, but I, I yeah, it's it's got to be cool for that. I um, noticed that the character, like your primary ability, is what I went with too, which was hand to hand. Weapons or claws or whatever. Oh, yeah, I really like that. I like yeah. that a lot. It's it's a really fun weapon. I don't know. No, yeah, is this got... is this inspiring you at all, or are you going? Ah, it sounds like another MMO. It still sounds like another MMO. It's it sounds. There are some it, cool things about it. Though. It it is another MMO, but it's not just another MMO. I'll put it that way. It's it's got some features that are unique. It's got a feel to it that's different. And in different in a good, fresh way. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I don't know. I think you owe it to yourself to try it out. Yeah, I think I think it. Uh, it's not afraid to limit some of the things that we've gotten really used to doing. Like, uh, even the quest system, that limitation, some people sit and complain about. But I absolutely love it because you have to take your time. You, you tend to explore. You don't just go to a quest hub, know that a quest hub exists. And take a bunch of quests, finish them for the XP. You don't really know what happened. If I yeah. asked you, if I asked you what what is this person, what they were, what were they doing? You cannot. And and that's a that was an objective of of uh, Star Wars the old you know the the yeah. old Republic. And, I, and they did a pretty darn good job of it. But I still went through and grabbed all the quests right. and finished them up real quick. Uh, this you, I mean, if you're gonna get those side quests. You you gotta search around, and it it promotes you looking through those things and and trying to kind of find every nook and cranny. Uh, I think you really have to get in and see that um, they're they're really good at teaching you certain things. The early quests show you little things like um, there's a there's a phone book uh, in Kingsmith that you wouldn't think you you think it's just part of one quest. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's part of it's part of other quests, and when those come up, you've got to figure out. You've got to kind of think outside the MMO and and, and kind of consider. Oh well, I have to use the resources. What resources were I, were I given? Uh, was I given? It's going to be that book, and it it kind of sucks because I want to tell you about this stuff, but I've got to be super vague and dumb, and not not because I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want to read everything. Yeah, I'm trying to be responsible. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, active combat, super neat, but I will tell you that the Trinity, uh, you know, you've got, you've got your healer, you've got your tank, you've got your DPS, uh, when we're talking about, like, MMOs, it still absolutely and utterly exists, um, you really, you really, uh, find that kind of stuff out when you start doing the instances, um, the, the, the instances aren't interesting because, you know, you have to, you have to make sure you have a healer and a tank and everything, they're interesting because, all of that active combat stuff that you learn in the zone, it's all paid off in the instance. All of that stuff you learn without realizing you're learning, it, you know, but you still have to spam for for a few minutes, of, of, you know, about finding a healer. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely needs the trinity. Um, yeah. But it's fun. I don't know. I like it. It looks like it's going to get some new content pretty soon here yes indeed and i'm super excited about that uh and and just the just the uh the idea of horizontal expansion 
So one of the things that they were asked about during the live stream is, you know, when am I going to get more skill points? Are you going to add more weapons so I can earn more XP? You know, one of the things that you level up in is your faction. You know, it's kind of like Scientology. You're going through different levels, and you're, you're learning more secrets about your thing as you invest more XP in it. Uh, right, right. But one thing I really like is they're not afraid of, of saying, no, we're not going to do that. We've got a story that we need to tell, and it's going to be more of like a horizontal expansion because we're going to add quests in pretty much every single zone that we have available. And that's yeah. really what this, this new you know, patch is going to do. It's going to add a bunch of different quests. A lot of them are going to be the investigation quests that take a little bit more time, a little bit more thought, you know? Yeah, which I think is cool. Yeah, indeed. So, all in all, I have to say, you know, two thumbs up. Um, I was watching it on Metacritic as it was, you know, there were no reviews from the press initially. But the user scores have been good. It's like at a solid, I think, an 8.5 for user score. But like a 72 for a meta score due to the reviews. Um, and of course, you know, if, you're review, if you've reviewed it already, you can't have probably played a ton of it just because, you know, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's interesting when you look, it's the number two game, uh, according to Metacritic, for PC games under user score ranking. So that's kind of something to be said for it. Um, and uh, I would have to say I'm totally okay with Noah thinking this is just another MMO. <laughs> uh, I, I like I, I really think I am because it's you really have to you really have to sit and and play it and and put a little bit of time into it and realize that it's it's kind of not bullshit. Like I I I feel like when I was playing Star Wars: The Old Republic, uh, when I was playing some other MMOs, even though they're they're great, I appreciated them. I was always kind of. Uh, realizing that they're not really going to meet their full potential. Like, it's not going to get that point across. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing, uh, it happens a lot in Champions Online. You know, I have a lifetime sub to that, and I'm always poking in and realizing I make characters that don't fit the world, so I'm just kind of wandering around in this world, and I feel like my characters are too emo and serious, because I should be having, like, you know, 1960s silly characters. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean it's it is way cool when you make a goofy character in that game, it fits. I think this this fits what I want out of an MMO because there's stuff to analyze, there's stuff to think about. You know, the dialogue's interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So. You're wondering what it's all what's what it's all what it all means, what's important, you know. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like it too. I'm planning on playing a lot of it. Awesome. So, if you plan on playing a lot of it, and you like magical blowjobs, which who doesn't, you should join the Creeping Darkness, okay? Oh, that's, I didn't that's know the, that was an option. Well, it's not an option for you, dickface, because you're a Templar, okay? <laughs> so you and Noah can go do whatever you guys do in your little self-flagellation Da Vinci Code world. Uh, so, uh, but if you want to be a dragon... Uh, the Creeping Darkness is recruiting. And it's recruiting because I'm a lifetime member and I want people to play with. Like, I'm seriously... I, I, I'm i not going anywhere because I can't. So please come and join me so we can have fun. The general motto is... Chat. Uh, I forgot it. I don't know what it is. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's definitely chat, play, or help, learn kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is, sure. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, we just fuck around a lot and talk. And that's pretty much it. But you can join and have fun. So you should probably do that. Uh, and I'll give you items. And you'll give me items and then we'll all have fun together. That's about it, everybody. I'm good to go. Are you sold, Noah? Mm, I'm going to try the the guest pass, but as for full-on purchasing, still not too sure. I, I definitely love the world and the premise. It's so refreshing to see an MMO design that doesn't follow a traditional fantasy or sci-fi trope, which right. so many of them do, whether there's a license involved or not. So I, I'm definitely intrigued to see what it's like, because one of the things that I thought was intriguing initially about DC Universe Online was that it also strove to do a number of things differently from other superhero MMOs, which gave it its own charm. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's one thing it does. It seems like they definitely thought, you know, this is not going to be just the latest iteration of World of Warcraft, um, you know, with a different theme, that they purposefully went in different directions in a lot of ways. And it feels fresh and it's fun and, you know, I... I'm enjoying that quite a bit. And I like the darker setting, you know, the whole horror thing is cool. Yeah, there are definitely some messed up monsters floating and around. The, the music is awesome, Noah. Remember the opening uh song for um for Age of Conan? Yeah, that's uh, that game has a good soundtrack in general. They they've, they've managed to uh at least equal it in this one. In fact, it kind of reminds me of the the uh song for Oh, what's her name from uh, World of Warcraft and War- Warcraft Three? The, the the night elf archer that gets oh yeah one of, yeah you know the That's theme that you get when you when you unlock her like quest and she sings the song in the undercity yeah it sounds kind of like that you know what I'm talking about Eric yeah. I don't know yep, if that's yep, the yep. Sa- same song for the Templar and the Dragon or whatever, but it's such a pretty... It's very similar, but the music's great, and it's really ambient, and it keeps you kind of, you know, going and stuff, so really, really yeah. liking it. Yeah, they do a really... they. I mean, they realize that the soundtrack is something that you're going to think about for a very long time. Age of Conan, like, I, I listen to that, and it... I. Well, I kind of can't listen to it because when I listen to it, I kind of want to sub back up to the game. Like that's how powerful that you know, you know that's that that is. Um, the soundtrack they actually released it right before the game came out, and I was just like, I'm on it. I'm gonna learn about this before anything else. It was great. Right. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, it's great. It, it fits a lot of the themes that they're they're trying to portray. Like um, generally, you know, the idea with the secret world is that every every myth. Every urban legend, everything is real. So uh, it's it's this mix of interesting interesting themes throughout the soundtrack. That I really I really appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, maybe Noah will try it out and like it too, and we'll yeah we'll be able to to hang out together. But I don't know, listeners, let us know what you think if you're playing it or interested in it, or if you're like no more MMOs ever. I just want to hear more about your League of Legends playing. Uh, <laughs> send us some mail to uh, mail. M-A-I-L. <laughs> At channelmassive.com. Uh, that's M-A-I-L. If you 
weren't able to discern actual vowels and consonants during that. Um, and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you, um, you know, about this or any other part of the show that we've covered. And uh, I don't know. It'd be good to have some some interesting writer. Or uh, God, I can't talk tonight. Noah, take it over, man. I'm losing it. <laughs> We always love to hear from the listeners, and we there love it to is. hear your reviews, <laughs> see your reviews over on iTunes, so feel free to send in either of those or both. And we will be back next week with an episode where we talk more in depth about Ouya, so if you have any quick, early reactions to that, please send that in, too. Yeah. And I will tell you, I talked, I talked a shit ton about Secret World. Maybe too much, but it's because, no. but, but, hey, 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 I don't need you to say what you're saying. I need no. to say what I'm saying, and it is that I love this game. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost afraid to say that sometimes because, you know, you, you start investing yourself in, into some of these games, and they're hundreds of hours, and, and then a company goes and messes it up with some kind of patch or something. These, these <laughs> kind of games are they're just one patch away from just changing in some way that it might still be successful. It happened with WoW you know, for me. Like, I absolutely love this game, and then they kind of patched it, so it, it kind of focused more on, instead of exploration, more on the instances and stuff, and all of a sudden I don't like it. So I totally understand that you know, it can just switch like that. Right now, I'm in love with this shit. Absolutely love it. Love it. So, Noah, stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop it. You can do it. This is where we need to do the slow fade out into the music. <laughs> well, and also thank you, Eric, for joining us this week on the show. It's great to have you on. Yeah. It's well, really good to catch up, man. Pod